Welcome everyone to a new episode of Hoopod. I'm one of the co-hosts, Joey Couture. Uh, normally it is Blair doing the intro for this episode, but for our one year anniversary, we yeah, even after one year, we still managed to throw in a mistake or two by no fault of our own. Just kidding. But this year, we did something different. We finally managed to squeeze Blair into the hut seat. So you've been waiting for it. We finally did it. Poor The poor guy, I, I have to warn you, just got back from Vegas, had barely really had a nap. He was jet lagged. This episode does come a little bit late. We do apologize for that. Unfortunately, sometimes real life kind of, you know, hits you with a wall and you take a while to traverse it. But without further ado, we're going to get right into it with none other than our special in-host guest, Blair Bedfridge. I, I not only am three hours in the past in my brain, um, I also went to Vegas and I Vegas hard. Wait so. a minute, you're jet lagged from three hours. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously? That's a thing. We, we go to New no, Zealand, it's, actually, it's only three hours and it's fine. No, no. When I, I'm more jet lagged because I did a red eye. Ah, uh, okay. I land. I landed at uh, I landed 13 hours ago and I hadn't slept on the plane because I don't sleep on planes. <laughs> I'm just tired. I'm sorry, I just can't take it seriously that you <laughs> that you're tired from the three hours. It's very, very common in North very America. Cute. Three hours is a big deal. <laughs> it, seriously, in 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 in, uh, in North America, three hours is is very common to get direct jet lag. I get hurt when I go to Europe, which is five hours, six hours, but. Three generally isn't a big deal. Well, see, I'm not looking forward to Europe because it's about 12 hours difference. So that's going to be a real nasty shock to the system. But I think in Australia, because in some states we have daylight savings as well. So if we just go to a different state, suddenly there's an hour difference. So we have to constantly Mm -hmm. adapt just depending on where we are. You know, just a few hours away from the borderline kind of thing. You guys. Yes. It's the one-year anniversary. Where did that time go? I don't know. It seriously feels have, like just no yesterday idea. we started up, and yet at the same time it feels like we've been doing this for about five years. Isn't that a weird feeling to to have those both at the same time? It's like, oh, it feels like we just started this yesterday, but at the same time it's like, I feel like I've been doing it forever. But it's stupid because it's so it contradicts itself so much that you go, how can it feel short and long? That's what she said. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I have to offer to this conversation now, now, at this point. Now I'm just trying to imagine how can it be short and long at the same time. Oh, if you're if you're rather a grower or you're a shower, right? I was thinking the same thing, oh, but I wasn't yeah. sure if I should go there and be considered the perv. But, so I'm going <laughs> to let Blair be the perv. He's jet lagged. It's okay. Just tired. Just tired. But no, I did see your photo. So you went inside the Sphinx, did you? Uh, I, I was inside everything. There we go. Dirty <laughs> stuff again. Um, yeah, we went into, I would say, 95% of the Vegas hotels. Um, it was the ones we didn't were the boring ones. 
I'll just be honest, or the ones way off strip. Now, did you go into the uh, hotel rooms where they have a different theme? I've heard there are some ones that have a caveman theme and a the Jetsons theme. Um, if there is a hotel that does themed rooms, I, I don't know of them. We didn't get to go. You don't get to go into the rooms per se. You only can go into the hotels and kind of look around in the lobbies and whatnot. So. Um, now the rooms, the room we had was, was two queen beds. It was nice overlooking a pool that was closed. Would have been nice if it was open, um, but it was closed. Um, friends of ours, uh, decided to upgrade themselves to the, a room with a balcony and they ended up cause we were, we stayed at the Cosmopolitan and the Cosmos got two towers, the Boulevard tower and the, uh, uh, Chelsea tower. And, uh, so they went up to the room and they were, you know, checking in and, the uh, the the wife and the couple that we we traveled with is is paranoid of bed bugs because she had an experience with her kids in Mexico a couple of years ago, so she was checking the bed to make sure that there was no signs of bed bugs and she found blood on the sheets. <gasps> what? Yeah, so she ended up going down to the lobby and she's like, "No, can't do blood, sorry." And they're like, "Okay, we'll let us upgrade you." So they upgraded her into a junior school, her and her husband into a junior suite. And uh, they just, just unbelievable. This place had a bar, couple of bathrooms, couple of showers. Um, the, the view is unbelievable. Uh, you can see from MGM Grand to Caesar's Palace from their balcony. It was just unreal. It was awesome. Now, how did she find the blood? Did she like, like, was this a thing where she brought like a black light and was looking, or like, was no. there a murder victim under the covers kind of a thing? No, there was no murder American victim Horror under Story. the covers. <laughs> There's no, no, no obvious, obviously no death um, that was apparent, but it was just easy to find. Like, she didn't have to go searching for it. She just kind of went, ah, and then straight down to the lobby, and, and then they got their upgrade. And it was just because we landed, God, when did we land? We, we got in at 11.30 Pacific. We got to the hotel, I'd say, about midnight. Um, we had been up for about 12, 13 hours at this point, and, uh, um, then they got their upgraded room and then we were hungry. And so we went and ate at the secret pizza place, which is a pizza place in the mall that, or in the, uh, in the hotel that no, there's no directions for. You just have to find it or have someone tell you where it is. So we, we found that. Um, then we ate there and went to bed. We went to bed, I think it was like 5am local time or 530 local time. Like it, from the time that we, time zone we came from, it was about two or three, 30 AM then. And, then I woke up and I was not jet lagged. I was completely on their uh, their time almost immediately. I still Faded. can't get over that it's very warranted for them to say don't let the big the bed bugs bite. So that's a yeah, real I, thing. It, it it sadly is like I I have not experienced it. I moved into an apartment um, maybe about eight years ago where like we mo we moved all of our stuff in and then um, the building beside us had a bunch of mattresses just sitting back there and we're like what the hell and there was a big sign that said but bed bugs don't touch it's like oh gross so the building beside us had it not our building that's as close as i've come to it but um no she she was terrified after what happened with her kids because the, they bit her kids so, so no. what are bed bugs though are they little nipper things what are they exactly as far as i know yeah I'm, i i actually don't really know um, but they're just little bugs that live in your mattresses. Yeah, they're, they are kind of like, okay, imagine a flea, for example. Like, anybody who's ever been bitten by a flea knows that those bites suck extremely. Well, 
these little suckers, the bed bugs, are actually smaller than that, which means they can multiply ten times more than, say, like a regular flea can. And they also can carry other pathogens with them and other crap. So they, um, I'll put it to you this way: it's it's way easier to get rid of lice than it is to get rid of bed bugs. It's, it's one of those things that people just throw out their mattresses. You you cannot save your mattress. I mean, from a financial standpoint, that's horrible. I don't know what a, a mattress down your way costs, but they're minimum about a thousand dollars up here. Oh yeah, they're at least a billion dollars here. It's so expensive, especially if you want like a king size. You're looking at six thousand Australian dollars. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's probably more than it is here. But um, so it's, so it's from a financial standpoint, it's terrible. But yeah, most people, it's more the health concerns than anything else. That's hardcore. So I guess, look, now the biggest thing is we haven't exactly said that Blair is our official guest for today, Hi. which is very, very exciting. Hello, Blair, <laughs> as we've talked about jet lag and bed bugs. So I think what we really need to talk about, Mr. Blair Beveridge, is how did you stumble across the human community? Because I don't think we've ever really talked about that. I mean, you, you started up this podcast, but how did you get into the humans? Get into the um, humans. Get into the human community. Well, I should say. Yeah, we're getting very personal questions. Here. Yeah, <laughs> like first it's you know first it was Vegas. I'm in you, and then it was I was He's in the Sphinx. In Just remember, you were my second guest, Erlen. So <laughs> <sighs> anyway, um, no, uh, I, I I found Felicia Day when um, back when the second season of the Guild was on. Um, I was in a World of Warcraft uh, guild, and we had our own forums and. It was it was pretty hardcore. I was I loved Warcraft. I was very involved with it. Uh, I'd say about ten years ago, and uh, one of the, one of my guildmates is like, "You have to watch this show." So he posted a link to to the first episode, and it was almost instantaneous that I'd fell in love with the show. It wasn't the very first web show that I'd seen or digital series that I'd seen. There was one called Dot Slash Shutdown, which was the first one which was just about a bunch of IT geeks who worked together. And there was a guy that was in love with a girl who was a lesbian who was in love with another girl. Anyway, it was just, it was very much uh, focused on, you know, the kind of job I do, but kind of have comedy and, and, you know, some, some friends around it and meet cutes and all that sort of stuff. So I had a lot of, a lot of stuff I liked, but I only ever did one season. This is back when nobody funded these things. It was literally out of your own pocket. So to find the guild um, in its second season, so it had really just started uh, at that time, was wonderful, and I absolutely drew into the characters. I drew and I fell in love with with all the actors. I started following them all on Twitter, seeing what else they did, and you know, with most of us, once you get into the Felicia Day machine, um, it's it's just intoxicating, and uh, uh, I, I and that was it. I. I I, I was following her as a big fan of hers when the community for Geek and Sundry started. They did the big vlogger search that some of our previous guests have talked about. Uh, I put in a submission. I knew it was shit, but uh, there was some people that also had su um, s submitted stuff that uh, w w was, you know, they, they, they believed their own stuff wasn't great, but they, they, they and, I'll, and I'll say it, Jan, uh, Jens Reikonen, I think I'm not sure if I got his last name right, but Jens. Um, he started doing these Google Hangouts where he was trying to get people to find these other vloggers and what they're doing and introduce them as personalities. And that instance to me, I think, created the community because you had a bunch of people who were, in essence, in a competition with each other, uh, 
and you had Jens just kind of walk out of nowhere saying, you know what, this doesn't have to be a competition. Let's just all sit back and enjoy each other's stuff and create a great community. And, you know, Team Human kind of evolved from the Geek and Sundry community from that. I mean, when Twitch started to be a big thing in Felicia and Ryan and, and, and Geek and Sundry's world, um, that was a programming change that they were more focused on YouTube and forums, and then they went into Twitch. So uh, Team Human kind of happened in and around the same time. I, I believe in the values of Team Human. As, as a human being, I do. They're all my, my values I've always had. So it was just a very easy transition for me to to be a member and be a part of this community. And, you know, I, I always wanted to do more than I than I was doing for this community. And I and I believe Joey felt the same. And that's why we both came up with this idea independently together to do the Who Pod. And mm. um, Toronto Gal put us into touch with each other. And the rest is Here podcast history. <laughs> uh, I've noticed, I can't believe when I first joined uh, well, about, about a year ago, we only had about 1,500 members, and I think we've just, we're over the 3,000 mark now. So it has doubled in just the space of a year. It's so exciting to have more like-minded people in this community. And, and this is a closed Facebook group, and that's something to really take a lot of pride in. If you had an open Facebook group where anyone can join, those numbers could be inflated and not tell a true story. But this is a closed mm. group. You have to know somebody to get in. And you have to, you know, that person's got to vouch for you as being, you know, a good member that would be, you know, that would add value to this community. And uh, it's 3,000 strong of people, all like-minded and, and kind of loving the same sort of things. And, and I'm blessed to be a part of it. I was very lucky. I didn't know anybody at all. I didn't think I'd get accepted. And I actually can't remember who did accept me. But um, I felt very grateful because, yeah, I felt like I was stumbling into new territory going, I don't know anyone, but God, now I can't imagine you guys not in my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. Um, I mean, we may have mentioned this a few times, but Joey Terrell and I almost talk on Facebook on a daily basis. We have a chat that we've, I, I had to, I've had to scroll back to get some, some old information there and it's taken me hours sometimes <laughs> to get back there. <laughs> It's just, it's easier that, can you just tell me this again? So I don't have to go spend the next hour <laughs> or two looking back at what we talked about. But, and um, it's true. No. And often when I have news, the first people I tell are Blair and Joey. <laughs> Same here. It's true. Same yeah, here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, me as well. I mean, you, you guys are not just, you know, friends of mine. You're, you're two of my best friends and that mm. is, that's very important to me. Definitely. And yet we still haven't quite met each other yet, but we will get there. <laughs> I will get to America. <laughs> I will stalk you guys. I will meet you. Well, I have to say, I mean, I have been sleeping well so much better ever since I got my big giant stuffed bear. And I, I, I named him Blair because, okay long, okay, long story short, the reason why I named it Blair was because I'm like, okay, what is the most embarrassing thing that I can name this thing that my friend just gave me? And I was thinking, I'm like, you know what? Just for shits and giggles, I'm going to name it Blair. <laughs> and so I messaged them both immediately, and Tyrolyn loved it. And I was like, I can't, I don't know what Blair's actual face is like right now. There's nothing worse when you know someone's seen the message, but they don't reply. <laughs> yes, exactly. Leave you on dot, dot, dot. Um, well, I mean, we've, we've talked about this. There was... Uh, an ex-girlfriend in my past that used that as a nickname and um yeah <laughs> uh 
Um, so I was like, oh, here we go again. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't call it the nickname anymore. I just, I just call it Blair. Mm. I appreciate that. Appreciate that. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is where usually I talk for no reason. So, uh, yeah, not this time. It's all you guys. You guys wanted this interview. It's all you. Well, good one, Joey. Well, you know, Tyrion, considering all of the number of podcasts that your busy little ass has had to miss, I think it just serves well that you lead this one. Oh, okay. You get to lead the one-year anniversary. Oh, no pressure. Okay. No pressure. Well, here's the thing, and and this is this is not applying a pressure. This is not this is not like a negative read or anything. No. But honestly, Tyrion, you like when you're not there, like it, you're you're very missed. You really you, like you yeah. really are. And you mean you miss the whole three words that I say? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh wow, she didn't say hello or goodbye. We really missed her. Well, no, seriously. <laughs> You carry even if you're not talking, like your presence. If you're there, and even if you're silent for a long period of time, because here, here's the thing: Tierlin and I, we we both suffer from the same thing. Where whenever we have a guest, we we get so entranced that we're just like we're zoned in, we're listening to to the guest, and then Blair, you know, he he, he kind of like leads it with you know, thank God. Otherwise, we'd just be completely silent. But we get so enamored listening to the guests, which is why we sometimes we tend to go extremely quiet. Um, but when Tierlin, when, when you get going, like everybody loves it. So by all means, lead this, take it girl. Well, I think what everyone misses the most when I'm not around is the sound of me cracking my knuckles. So I do understand <laughs> that. <laughs> no, no, Joey edits those out. Nobody hears that. I, yeah. Well, no, you poor bastard, because I know I do it so often I can't help it. It's a habit and it feels really, really good. And every time I do, I try to sneak crack and kind of put it far away from the microphone. But I just go, oh, Joey must hate me. Well, you know, <laughs> uh, I, I think Blair may have mentioned it once or twice, like really quick in passing. So people may not really know this. Uh, but for the longest time. Oh, actually, you know what, Blair? Why don't you explain the situation uh, about your computer? Uh, only you uh. could personally describe it best. <laughs> Which one? Um, well, okay. B- before, well, before 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 it was fixed. Before what we have now. <laughs> okay. Well, the my old computer, um, <laughs> the fans on it were so loud, and I I can only get so far away from them for for miking reasons, and 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 so there was always a a, a humming and a whirring, and it just it was very loud and annoying and then on top of that i've always liked clicky keyboards um (laughs) i liked them before i started a podcast obviously if i can rewind time i would have a non-clicky keyboard i can tap in but uh so if we are doing a podcast and something comes up i need to search for anything as much as i know i should do it on my phone sometimes i click 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 the keyboard um my chair is horrible my chair squeaks a lot if I move, so I try not to move now. So <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's, it's a calamity of noises around me. And, and I mean, right now, unfortunately, my wife is sick, so I'm not sure if you're, you're hearing her in the background as well. So that I, I have a lot of background noise. I create a lot of work for Joey. I'm probably missing things, Joey, so by all means. 
You have to turn into one of those British guards when you do the podcast. Just be still as possible. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I recall there have been times where it's like, well, let's see how long the computer stays on this time. Or, you know, oh, I mean, if, that, if, I, yeah. if, I, if I disappear, it's because the machine, you know, <laughs> completely shut off. I mean, there was a point yeah. where your machine, for some reason, just stopped venting yeah. the, the heat out. It was like, no, we're going to hold it in. I did forget about that. Uh, yeah, my old machine, I had a first generation, I'm going to really speak geek here for a second, first generation i7 processor, which was about eh, 12 years old or so. Uh, motherboard on it was the same age and uh, some of my other hardware was also very old so uh, those key components they they were done they were their days were done and uh, I was prone to overheating so if my machine got too hot it would just shut off and I had to pre-warn everyone before every broad broadcast that this was a possibility um, I had an issue once where my power cord caught on fire uh, that was great. And I. this is the industry I work in. Like, I, There's no excuses here other than I just didn't have money to get it something new. Uh, and now I do have a new machine, which uh, or a different machine, which is a lot better, a lot more stable. I do have to keep the side off of it for a different reason, but uh, it, it's a great little thing. I've had no issues since I switched to this thing. Every time you said it was going to overheat, you know what I pictured? The Guild and Codex with the computer to just bursting into flames there's been more than one occasion where i'm like i wonder if i can go to the library and get some spare parts <laughs> get them from the atm exactly i was just thinking that <laughs> but um no i mean it, it was so tough because i'd go to work and i work with computers all day every day and i have hardware for all of the, the works and it's just sitting there and i'm like i could so easily just take this but, you know, that's not what you should be doing in my job. So I didn't until we actually phased out a bunch of our developer machines. And then I uh, earmarked one and took it home. So I'm good now. Are, are you like Moss from the It Crowd when you're at work? I, I'm, I'm, I'm probably a little bit more like Roy. Uh, <laughs> Just have the shits with everyone. <laughs> yeah, no. So I, I uh, yes, I do the same sort of job that they, they do in, in smaller companies. My company is about 100 people big. Uh, I do... All the kind of break fix things for my email doesn't work all the way up to why isn't, you know, internet traffic routing to this very specific location in this very specific way. So I, I do a very large gamut of, of work because of the size of my company, I'm not specialized. Uh, and that was very much the IT crowd. That was their kind of makeup as well. Roy and Moss were the IT guys for the whole company. Uh, and so whenever anything went wrong, I went to go deal with them. Um, and I hate to say it, but about 75% of the time, turning it off and on fixes IT <laughs> issues. It, and do you have a scary red door where you keep a poor little goth boy? <laughs> uh, no, no, poor little goth boys in, 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 uh, in, in my team. We had a guy that uh, was an expat from Britain. Uh, he's no longer with us, but uh, he was kind of my backup. He had other job responsibilities. Um, and he was a, a, um, a dirty old man, is the easiest way to explain it. Uh, he would always come over and want to talk to me as if I, it was a locker room and I would have to continuously tell him to go away. So instead of, you know, having, um, oh, I can't remember. It's not Raymond. What's the goth guy's name? Richmond. Richmond, thank you. Richmond. Um, instead of having Richmond, I had just had a, a dirty old British man who would... would objectify every woman in the office and I would always just tell him to shut the fuck up and go away. So 
Yes. Now, I have to ask, what does an expat mean? Where does the pat come from? Expatriate means he's from another country. Oh, okay. Um, and, and, and because of the... I mean, you're part of the Commonwealth, so uh, if you if someone from Britain... Like, you're, Alex might be referred to as, a, as an expat. Um, I'm not quite sure if I'm using the term right, to be frank. My brain is at about 80% right now. <laughs> so, so I could... Well, we had St. Patrick Day yesterday. So is that something that you celebrate in Canada and America? Yeah, um, yeah, we do. I mean, it's 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 one of those holidays, and I have a lot of Irish friends, and I'm actually looking at one of our pro- previous guests right now, Kiri Callaghan, who um, y- you can obviously celebrate it, but most people use it as a very poor excuse to um, reinforce some terrible Irish stereotypes. And, uh, you know, I mean, stuff like, hey, you know, St. Patrick drove the snakes out of Ireland. Well, there were no snakes in Ireland post-glaciers. Mm. You know, I mean, stuff like that. And So it, it's a very inaccurate holiday. I do understand it's fun and you shouldn't dive too deep. And, the, and, and, you know, people just using an excuse, especially when it's on a Friday, which is great, to go out and have a good time. And anyone who wants to go out and have a good time, that's wonderful. But... Um, be mindful that there are some people that the term is offensive to and uh, use it properly. We, uh, this has happened before. I had an eyebrow wax last night, as you do, because I was starting to look like a cave woman. And where our little waxing station is, it's kind of like you open the door and you go up this very narrow staircase. And, you know, upstairs there's all this lovely stuff. So back in the day, my town actually used to have a brothel. <laughs> about 40-odd years ago. Yeah, but, you know, that was run out of town. But apparently very drunk men on the eve of St. Patrick's tend to think there is still a brothel in town. So because of where we're situated, it's this narrow staircase that kind of leads up. You'd hear a lot of women giggling upstairs because that's what you do when you're getting your wax and getting pretty. We had this drunk man stumble in. (laughs) He hangs by the door and he goes, oh, are you offering any services? And our waxer's like, um, I could, you know, wax your back for you. And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so how much, how much would that be? <laughs> and then after a while we started to catch on that uh, the services he was uh, looking for was not actually what we were offering. And she just had to kind of lead him back down the stairs and lock the door. So we had to stay upstairs until he went away. But um, yeah, so that's, that was our uh, St. Patrick's evening getting an eyebrow wax and uh being mistaken for a brothel Fun well time. i, I just your average night yeah and i just came home from sin city so i saw all of that and then some for the last four or five <laughs> days so um yeah there's there's a lot of crazy shit going on down there um yeah <laughs> so would you recommend it so you know that i'm looking at whether i do east coast west coast hopefully when i yes. come over this year so would you yes. say would vegas be my kind of thing or not yeah, if you if you like touristy things, Vegas is amazing. Um, I think every now that I've done it, I can sit here and say I think everybody should do it at least once. It is a spectacle wherever you go, um, and I'll also give these points: is a it's very safe. Like during the day, everything is really chill, very cool, and then at night there are cops everywhere. Um, so Vegas is very safe. Mind you, I was not an attractive woman walking around Vegas, so that might be a little bit more difficult. I don't know. So keeping but, uh, in mind that I'm not much of a party animal. Um, and I don't really like going out to nightclubs and stuff. Are there a lot of shows there that you can visit? Oh God, 
Absolutely. The show, like there's probably at any given time three or four different Cirque shows off the top. Like Joey's favorite singer was performing at the hotel across the street from me. Brittany? Uh, Brittany, yeah, bitch. Brittany, yeah. Brittany, bitch. Brittany was in town. Celine Dion was in town. Backstreet Boys have performed across the street. Oh, no. Well, they're, well. Not so much, they're not really boys anymore. The Backstreet yeah, Men. Backstreet <laughs> Creepers or whatever. Guys. <laughs> um, that's pretty good. Anyway, so th there's always tons of shows going on. Like we went to go watch a Cirque type show. Um, each hotel likes to have a big name show because that's really what draws people into their hotels. Um, and there is a lot of hotels. Um, the Vegas Strip, there's like New Vegas and Old Vegas. Old Vegas is, you know, back in the Rat Pack days. That's over by Fremont Street where you got the Golden Nugget and all those sort of stuff. Four Queens. Um... And then where, where the strip is now is, is a lot closer to the airport. It's on Las Vegas Boulevard and Flamingo Drive and all these sort of places. And it's, it's, it's just, you have to see it. And yes, I do recommend to go. I went to zero dance clubs when we were down there. Um, and I still had full days. Like if you can go to each hotel, each hotel's got a thing. They all have casinos, um, every single one of them. Uh, and, and I barely gambled as well so i mean there was just that much you you will walk a lot if you want to see everything but uh we did even with my 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 bad my bad foot i was able to get around and see everything so it was good so normally you know every now and then depending on our guest uh per usual uh depending on whether we're in format or we broke break format we we tend to jump in a little bit about geek cred and i'm gonna just skip over a bunch of stuff because mm -hmm. if anybody wants to know more about his geek cred you gotta check out our other episodes trust me there's tons of it available but I there's talk a lot yeah guys. <laughs> uh, uh however there is something currently that i have not been able to partake in because one i don't own either appropriate console and two I'm such a stickler for just the straight-up original, so for the moment, I am going to let the two of you <laughs> geek out about the fact of the new Zelda Zelda, game. Zelda, 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 Zelda. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had a week off of it, which was very sad, but um, I did play it for a few hours once I got home, which was, which was oh, I love this game. The game is so good. You're, you're not stuck anymore, right, Tierlin? No, well, no, I just, well, I am still stuck, but I've, I've left it. I will come back to that particular shrine because if you apparently beat that shrine, you get the climbing gear, which would be so much better because I'm, I'm really sick of little Link getting puffed because of his stamina. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, bless his little cotton socks. But, um, yeah, no, honestly, I haven't played all week. It was only last night was the first time in a week I got to play because I've been so flat chat with this concert and stuff coming up. But I'm in love with it. I honestly it's... thought nothing could beat Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask, but this is up there. <laughs> this this is, at this point, probably my favorite Zelda game. Uh, I've, and I've, I I still have the original. We, I actually started replaying the original um, before this was released. Uh, but... Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I, there, there, for those of you who have not played the game yet, let me help you out a little bit. There is a bug that some people have that when you start playing, you do not, on your little map, have a waypoint on where to start. So I started the game, and I was running around the opening area for about five hours before I realized <laughs> something's wrong. Um, I mean, at one point it was good that I was able to explore all those things and kind of check everything out. But the other point is I had no story moving forward. It was because the, the original quest, the very first quest, the waypoint 
just wasn't on my map and I had to go in and manually turn it on. So I thought maybe I had done something, but this was apparently a, a bug that some people have had and I was unlucky enough to. So my first five hours were, well, you can't say wasted, but they were spent running <laughs> around the opening area. Once I got the waypoint. Yeah, I can't talk then, about this. Oh, sorry. I was just saying I can't talk about this because now I want to go and play. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I might be doing that after we're done here too. But yeah, so the opening area took me a little longer than, than the average bear. I actually just got out of the open area before I went to Vegas. And uh, I'm now, I did, I think, three or four shrines tonight. I just got my, my second reward, if you will. For those who haven't yes. played yet, every four shrines you do, you can choose a reward of rather upping your character's heart container uh, level or their, their stamina. So uh, I, I've just got, I've, I've finished eight shrines now. I have uh, just uh, saved last night, midnight. I went, you know, what's time for bed? Because otherwise I'll play forever. Mm. I have reached the Zora's domain. Oh, mm. I love the Zora's so much. They don't look as sort of cute as they did in the Ocarina of Time. But, I did um, see them today for the first time, yeah. Yeah. And, and I really like, in, in, in a way, sort of similar to the Ocarina of Time with that open world concept, you don't necessarily have to go to one place before the other. You can right. really just go wherever you want or you could explore everything first before you even do a shrine kind of thing. Do a shrine, right. I You'll... don't think that's a, the right terminology. <laughs> It'll work. Complete a shrine. Complete. Probably more work. Um, the very the very first shrine I did when I got back was, I don't know if you guys ever played Labyrinth, that, that game where you have to tilt the ball through the maze without putting it down in yep. the holes. And I was just like, really, this is the one I come back to? I am so bad at Labyrinth. I am so bad at it. But and I, I ended up breaking it. I had the, because it's a ball that you have to bring through a maze. I had the mm. ball on one of the front points. And I, you know, I, I did a big jerk motion, which sent the ball flying into the air. When it came down, it came down right where I needed it to. Like yes, I basically. I did the exact same thing. It was the only way. And I went, don't stuff this up because that was a fluke shot. <laughs> so then, and then I one shot it to bring it across the bridge. But. Without getting too much into the, into the gameplay, because I don't want to be too spoilery, um, it, it's not clear to some people how this game is played. When you go to each area, I recommend finding the local tower. The tower gives you the mm. map of the area, and then you can mark off shrines with your scope. So um, that, that I, I had some I had a slow beginning to to Breath of the Wild, and um, but I, I am glad to be back at it. And, and quite frankly, uh, we we landed this morning at about eight thirty a.m. So I took a red eye home. Uh, there's nothing but a massage plan for me this weekend. <laughs> so I'll be probably playing a lot of it this weekend. Definitely. I, uh, have you, how many horses have you captured? Because I'm a bit of a horse whore. I keep capturing them. <laughs> you, you said that right. I didn't think, I'm like, she's going to say horse whore or whore horse or something. And you're <laughs> right. Um, I, I, I had caught three before I actually find a, found a stable and I was getting angry because I, I caught two and I, and I let two of them go because the, the first one I caught was better and I was riding this horse everywhere and when I got into the kind of the second town that you're forced to on the on the, at the, the quest path uh, I, I came out of something and I couldn't find the horse and I was like what the crap and I was so upset and then you know after running around for about two hours I just randomly found the horse in the corner of the village it's like oh great and so I started you, know, you can whistle I, for your horse no you can't here's the thing um, until you go to a stable and, uh, yeah. and do that, your whistles mean nothing. So I eventually found a stable, and then just behind the stable, I found a bunch of uh, wild horses. And every wild horse I'd seen to this point was 
was a piebald, and, and if the, the, the spots one, someone's with spots. And then the guy told me the ones that are solid colors are harder to catch and harder to tame, but better horses all in all. And so I walked forward yeah. and I found I found a blue and a black one. So I caught the blue one and that's the one that I ride. Yeah, I've got a few different ones. And my favorite one at the moment, just because he's so fast, <laughs> I actually uh, got the inspiration from his name from Ryan Day because I've noticed on the podcast when he's been a guest on here a couple of times, he really likes to say behooved. And he says, I, I was behooved. So, of course, because horses have hooves, I've called my horse behooved. <laughs> there you go. No, I, you know, and to get to our podcast and our guests, I, I can almost say with 100% certainty that I've loved every guest we've had. These are people that mm. I'm fans of. These are community members that I've idolized. I mean, these guys really gave it to me hard um, when we had Gil on. Uh, Gil is somebody who I think has the coolest job on the planet. Um, or, you know, at least when, you know, the blacksmithing stuff. And uh, I just, I, they're like, oh, my God, you're so in love with Gil. And I'm like, it's not that. It's just I just find what he does so unbelievably cool. And I've met Gil. You know, he's a great dude. Uh, and I'd met him before we did the, the podcast together. But uh, I just, there are so many people in this community that I just, I'm in awe of. And I just love speaking with them. And, like, people like Erica just warm my heart. She's just the sweetest human being on the planet, quite literally. I would... I, I'd be, I would challenge any of you guys to find a sweeter human being than Erica Ishii because I think, I think that's the, the, the benchmark right there. And that's, Emily. Sugar Cube. close. Yeah. Yes. You're right. You're right. Oh, my God, Emily. Oh, yeah, that's tough. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and, those are just, and those are just two of our guests. Like, I'm talking about the world, and here's two Who Pod guests who I think are model human beings that I just I absolutely love them. So, all right. Uh, there's all kinds of stuff getting ready to come back. Uh, either n- new TV series that are starting mid-season, or you know movies that are just about to re- to release. Like, okay, so for example, we have season nine of RuPaul's Drag Race about to start Woo! Friday next week. They actually moved to VH1, which uh, is kind of a, a big deal because they were on a, a paid cable access. Uh, station, uh, which they're still going to show it on it, but it, it's essentially on VH1 now. But I mean, we've also got Beauty and the Beast coming out. We have the Power Rangers reboot that's about to come out. Wonder Woman out in June, so those are, you know, those are coming up. I mean, are you guys getting ready to check any of these out? Because I know I'm definitely going to be seeing Power Rangers. I'm definitely seeing, yeah, Beauty and the Beast. I. People are going to hate me for this, but I can't stand Emma Watson, so I'm a little bit annoyed about the casting, but hopefully she does it well enough that I can kind of look past that. But um, they're, they're just doing so many things. What is it about Emma that you don't like? Everything about her just drives me up the wall. I just, I think it's oh. like her eyebrows are always look worried. You know what I mean? She's always concerned, even when she's happy. And she has a habit of sort of going, ah, ah, Harry, Ron, oh. Like, she's always doing that. And it just makes me want to go, Emma, just chill. Just chill out. So you're judging her child actor's chops? No, I'm judging her even in the trailer for Beauty and the Beast. (laughs) Father? Yeah, and I'm like, everyone will be cringing because everyone loves her. But she just irritates me. (laughs) I don't know what it is, yeah. I won't say she irritates me, but I will say... Okay, so I saw the the teaser clip where they uh, had... You know the the first opening song, 
you know, where she's walking through the village and, and everything, and she's talking to one of the farmers, and I'm like, yep, yep, I'm just waiting for you to whip out a wand and just Wingardium Leviosa the horse or something. I'm just waiting for it right now. And that you see, that's the thing. In my mind, I've already, I've already typecast her as mm. a Hogwarts, you know, student, and... I, it's going to take a lot for me to sit through Beauty and the Beast and not expect it. And I, I feel so bad about that because I don't hate her. I, I don't. And it, and it, wouldn't, it wouldn't even have anything to do with hate. It's That's all I have ever seen her do. No matter what else she's done, that is all I really truly know her for. So mm-hmm. when on, in a big role like this, my mind is like, yep, and where's the wand? And yeah, and look, and honestly, the potions? <laughs> she she has a beautiful singing voice, but from the trailers at least, and I know it's hard to judge just from a trailer, but she seems to be acting as Hermione, where like you compare Daniel Radcliffe, who's been from Horns, where he plays this sort of evil possessed kind of character, to Harry Potter, to that one where he was naked on stage. He really is versatile, but yeah, very, very versatile and plays different characters. Um, yeah, see, this is where I mean. When it comes to Emma, watch the confessions. I think that's it. Confessions of the, of the perks of being a wallflower. She's actually very good in that and very not Hermione, and and that'll help. Everybody needs that one role to break break your head. And for me, uh, the perks of being a wallflower was that, and that's why I've been able to move past the fact that she was once Hermione. Um, uh, the actor who Tom Felton, the actor who plays Draco Malfoy, he's now on the Flash, and he's broken Malfoy out of my head. Uh, I don't think personally that Radcliffe has done that. I know he's done a bunch of very different things, and I have no problems with the decisions he's made. But I, I just, I think for him, he chooses roles that are so very different from Harry Potter to try to force people out of that thought process instead of just grabbing something that's real and doing it. Um, I, I would like to see that from from Daniel because I like Daniel as an actor, but. I, I haven't seen him do anything that's really kind of... Have you seen Horns? Yet. I have not seen Horns. Okay, watch that. That will do it for you. He was just phenomenal in that. And speaking of which, Oh, you... I lie. Oh, you I lie. I did. It's I, Stephen no, no, King's have... son wrote that. I did see a movie where he broke it. I, I apologize. It was the sequel for uh, um, the Magician movie. Um, oh, yes. I haven't seen that yet. Yeah, the... No, not, the... It, not... the uh... It's not oh. Catch Me If You Can. It's the magician. No, movie. <laughs> yeah, the magician movie with the Facebook guy well, in it. Michael Caine, and yeah, yeah, so that, the illusionist yeah, or something. Oh God, what is it? All right, I but that know. one, yes, he he was very good in that. Um, but of course, it's a magic movie that he was, you know, obviously not playing Harry Potter in. Mm. Um, but it was a magic movie. He was but just he pretending to be magic. <laughs> right? No, he was doing more like real, real magic. Yeah. What is it? Strong. Now you see me. Yeah, now you see. The now you see so me. he was very good in that. So I'll, I'll rescind my initial statement and say that that's the movie that broke the mold for Harry Potter for me. So they're they're getting there, and Emma was the first that had done that for me. So I have a less of an issue with her, and I really like the fact that she's using her her fame personally to to advance the at least um, optics on you know women being treated more as equals uh, than than you know they currently are the he for she movement. So. I, I, I mean, I, I can't say I love Emma Watson. I just appreciate what she's doing with her fame. Have you seen the parody trailer, Beauty and the Voldemort? No. no oh. I've seen very little with this Beauty and the Beast stuff. and You I, I, will I lose know. it. 
I, I might watch it. I haven't decided yet, but uh, um, Wonder Woman I'm definitely going to see. That has looked phenomenal from the very first uh, trailer for Batman vs. Superman all the way up until now. And um, I think uh, Gal Gadot does an incredibly good job of playing the Wonder Woman character to what I've seen so far. And I cannot wait to see her in the full movie. Yeah, definitely. There's so many uh, for Disney live action films coming out now. So they're now doing The Lion King and uh, we have James Earl Jones is reprising his role as Mufasa. Uh, They're doing The Little Mermaid. They're doing Mulan. How do you guys feel about these live action movies like Beauty and the Beast? I don't know if they're for me. Mm. Um, I'm not going to take them away from people that want these. Um, but I like the cartoons. I like, yeah. I'm, I'm a big Disney file and I've been most of my life, you know, from the time I was a kid, it's Sunday, uh, like five or six o'clock ABC or whoever would play the wild world, you know, the, the world of Disney and they would just show random Disney things. And, you know, my, uh, my favorite memories as a child is when I got to go to Disney world for the first time. Um, and it, it, I'm a huge Disney fan. But for me, Disney is cartoons. Um, mm. And I understand, well, you know, hey, they're Star Wars now. Hey, they're Marvel now. For me, though, they own Star Wars and they own Marvel. They're, they're not Star Wars and Marvel. To me, they're still cartoons. And um, the people are going to enjoy the live action. I'm not going to want to take it away from them. But frankly, I just keep spitting out the Pixar movies and I'll be happy. Definitely. And I, I think I'll enjoy Beauty and the Beast just because I love the tale. Like there's something about the music that legitimately makes me cry. I just I love it so much. But the Jungle Book, everyone raved over it and look at the graphics were great. But it just, to me, yeah, it, it wasn't the cartoon. You, you no, just can't compare no. it, yeah. I didn't I care just... for the live action uh, reboot for Alice in Wonderland. And the reason I didn't mm. like it, it had nothing to do with the actors. It had nothing to do with set design or anything like that. What bugged me was the movie was done as a part three kind of story because it was implied and said numerous times she had already been there she had and she was now back and she was 20 years old in this one and now it was underland and yeah exactly so it's like the uh, first they they give it the wrong name it's like uh, maybe you know back to wonderland or something it's like it's, you guys know these were books before they were Disney movies, right? Yes, oh, but, yeah. <laughs> but the storyline in this reboot does not follow the book at all. Not to mention, they have characters that don't appear until the second book in the first film yeah. in the reboot. And then they come out with Through the Looking Glass. I'm like, you've already shown everybody that's in the Through the Looking Glass in this other film, for crying out loud. Like, what more are you doing? Come on. It's more like they're, they're milking a, a, a cow that never existed and I, I mean if and i didn't hate the fact that tim burton did it i wanted tim burton to do it but the story was just I'm like this this is not alice in wonderland this is like part three of those first two books that never happened <laughs> like See, that would make more sense i'm gonna say something that's very geek um unpopular you mentioned your emma watson i like things that are that you know are sometimes weak on story but big on 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 aesthetics and, and Alice in Wonderland, gorgeous movie, like visually stunning. We saw it in three um, D at the movies. It was amazing. 
<laughs> right. And, and, you know, yes, plot was a bit thin, and your points are very valid, Joey, but I just, it, to me, it was a visual spectacle. When it comes to the Batman movies, and this is where I'm going to get a lot of hate, is I didn't mind the Schumacher stuff. I didn't mind the fact that everything was bright and fluorescent and kind of funky in color. Yes, the stories were weak. I agree with you. You had some of the cheesiest shit you've ever had in the Batman, DC, whatever universe. But visually, I enjoyed that. Um, it, you know, For me, sometimes it's just a stupid movie, and you go to watch it. It's like people who are going to see Kong right now are not going to watch Kong for the story. They're going to see a big monkey punch things. Um, and, and sometimes you just got to put your head on that sort of stuff when it comes to stuff. And I thought like that with Alice in Wonderland. I just want funky, pretty colors. I want, you know, with the Batman stuff, I want to listen to Jim Carrey jokes and, and you know, see the fluorescence and stuff. It, and that's all. I never took those movies too seriously. They weren't that important to me to really do a deep dive on. And, I mean, everyone's like, oh, my God, the, the Nolan Batmans are so much better. And I go, well, yeah, in a lot of ways, they are so much better. They, they, they're just different types of Batman movies. And that's mm. that was the big difference for me. You know, I like I I, I agree. Yes, Alice was a great spectacle, uh, visual wise, very beautiful, very well done. I totally agree there, one hundred percent. And you know what? I agree on the shoot the the Schumacher films for Batman. Didn't so much care for Batman Forever. I I, I don't know. I I feel like Val Kilmer might have been a better at doing say Nightwing than than Batman. I don't feel like his he was appropriate lead the right age for the role um but uh batman and robin on the other hand i liked uh for numerous reasons okay first of all it was 1997 okay i'm like 12 at the time that it comes out (laughs) and spice girls is very big so uma thurman had a very similar hairstyle when she was poison ivy to that of scary spice and i was totally for the hair horns i was like yes oh my god spice girls influences in this movie this is so awesome also, I, I I totally loved checking out the bat nips and the bat thong. It was totally awesome. I don't know why people have an issue with that. It's like, who cares? Seriously. Oh, it's not like... no no issue here. Trust me, no issue. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know. You know, stuff like that doesn't bother me. I don't deep dive on, on that. Like, I'm a huge Star Wars nerd, but if someone did stuff like that to the Stormtrooper uniform, it wouldn't bother me. You know, it's... I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 I guess I don't I, – I do deep dives on certain things, but I generally – this is entertainment. You're here to be entertained, and if you try to turn everything into something a little bit more than that, I think you're missing the point. That's just how I feel. Well, they're rebooting – the Matrix, and I don't know how oh. I feel about that. Yeah, I, I'm, yeah, I'm. I'm I, uh, that one's not so much a reboot, but I, that one I don't know needs to be done. I mean, let's be honest. The very first Matrix was revolutionary. Yeah. Um, two and three finished a story, and that was pretty much it. I mean, I I enjoyed all three as a unit. They clearly got worse as they moved along, um, but I got a beginning, a middle, and an end. I was happy with that. Now to to revisit it. And no disrespect to any of the casting announcements that they've been throwing around or any of that sort of jazz. I just don't think this needs to be done. But then I'm going to put an end to this. This doesn't need to be done for me. This might need yeah. to be done for other people. And they may want this. They, want, they may want their own cultural phenomenon um, in this regard. Like when new Star Wars movies came out, I, I was excited for those. This one, I don't know. Neo's story's been told. 
I think because it had such an impact on us at the time, it kind of opened up our concept to is this our reality? And I think maybe it will be better because I guess things are outdated. You know, it was made in the late 90s, so the computers and all of that. So maybe rebooting it for a new generation will be a good thing. But personally for me, I well, it's got to be pretty spectacular for me to even consider watching it. <laughs> I mean, there are two sci-fi movies that scare me on how they could be real, and that's the Terminator movies and the <laughs> Matrix. Because these yeah. are two things that could legitimately happen. Oh, we yeah. We could literally be in a computer simulation because as human beings, our probably best use to people off-world would be batteries. Like, mm. I honestly believe that what we see in the Matrix could actually happen. As much as I believe that, you know, the whole Terminator thing that we can make machines that are aware and then take us out because we keep doing that. We keep making robots. We keep making AIs that are, you know, they learn on their own and they're it's just like, okay, guys, I understand that this is a technological step forward, but have you not seen this movie? I mean, don't yeah. go too far. I had this idea that what if we are robots and we're solar powered and that's why often we go to sleep at night because like our batteries need to recharge. Well, there's we a haven't new, got the sun. New book for you. Yeah. New book for you. That's, <laughs> It'll be a short we'll, we'll book. Keep, <laughs> be a pretty short book because I don't know about you, but when I stab myself, I bleed. So. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe it's just oil and it's just leaking. <laughs> just red oil. Now, here, uh, really quick, here's a question before we move forward. But okay, so obviously, I've seen I've seen the first one. I fell asleep watching the second one, and I just need to know: mm. Do they at any point in part two or three visit? anything prior to the creation of the matrix three at the end a little bit see now if they wanted to come back and tap into the franchise i would be so interested in seeing you know that stroke of midnight where the implementation of the matrix begins i would be totally down to see that because that yeah. some scary shit to see well, I mean, for any, I mean, these movies are so damn old. I don't, I'm not even going to say spoiler alert on these, but I mean, your basic concept is you have a computer program that keeps the batteries, which are us, the human beings, uh, head, you know, their, their minds completely engaged and to, and you know, then they cycle it over and over and over again. But there's, there's like a remainder, a mathematical remainder at the end of this equation. And that's Neo and this mathematical equation, uh, or sorry, this, 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 um, Oh, what the hell I said. Anyway, Neo, his job is to basically get all the way to the end, thinking he's fighting the ultimate fight. He's the, the, the Jesus concept and all that sort of deal. He gets to the end, and the architect, who's the guy that built this program, said, okay, well, here's the deal. We've, we've done this like 30 times. Every time I, I give you the option, uh, option A is to go back in, reset everything, and you know everybody lives. Or option B is to break the cycle and everybody dies, uh, more or less. And uh, the first 29 iterations of Neo just restarted the cycle until he was reborn. Uh, and then this 30th version breaks the cycle. So you can sit there and say, well, okay, now what? Because that's a legitimate thing. Now what? What, what could happen after this point? Um, that would be a more interesting storyline for me than anything about a reboot or going back at the beginning. Or if you want to prequel the shit out of it, like the initial program where everybody was happy but they knew things were wrong, I mean, it's shit like that is, I think, is real. Like, if people are thrown in a, in, a, in a simulator, but it's a perfect scenario, they may love it for a, for a short while, but they'll pretty soon realize this isn't real. 
um, and you would need it to be flawed for it to be for you to accept it because that is what we are as human beings we accept that our world is flawed and that we are not meant to be happy all the time kind of creepy shit i thought the guys did a great job with that movie i love the concept of it um you actually explained the ending better than i have ever interpreted myself i was always so confused with what happened at the ending then so right yeah the architect does speak yeah, the architect does speak a lot of tech speak, so I can translate. Yeah, but, uh, Will Ferrell sort of... uh, took that off. Did you ever see the parody of that? No. Oh, it's so good. No. <laughs> but I mean, in short, that's what it is. It's, you know, you can go back and restart the cycle and kind of give you guys another shot at this, or you're or you're done, and you don't. And he's always given them a shot again because he wasn't able to fit, to, to to kind of put the the A's and B's together. Whereas Nico, Neo broke the cycle, but in doing so, lost everything. So figure that one out. Well, uh, I mean, what I'm curious to know is, it's like, okay, let's say right now, in in our reality, like, this is, you know, we're in a time before the Matrix has even been, like, like an actual Matrix has been conceived and is in the process of being constructed. Like, I want to know, like, about the first human batteries that became plugged into the system that like where the system was first you know built because like in the first movie they kind of show you like a five second like scenery of you know all the machinery kind of going around and and you know checking the pods and stuff and it's like okay where on the planet is that like what was the planet like at one point how we are right now or was the architect an alien being from somewhere that came here and you know created the matrix before we you know evolved into what we are now and the architect just kind of created this reality from his own imagination kind of a thing like that's kind of like what i would be really interested in in knowing like i'd be more interested to go and see a movie about the matrix in that sense than say them rebooting it or continuing where the the part three left off like that's what i would actually like to know and and that's fair but i mean that's just exposition right i mean there's other there's other ways to tell that story and like i think a comic book would be a perfect medium for that uh whenever you have movies that are too heavy on exposition star wars prequels (laughs) prometheus they're terrible prometheus terrible exactly so i mean they're not visually I, I think that medium is not good. For, I, I don't like prequels. I, I, this, is, uh, this is one of my personal things. If I know how a story ends, I'm not interested. It's why I generally don't watch movies over and over again. It's why I generally don't read a book more than once. It's, if I know how it ends, it ruins it for me. So I don't give a shit about prequels. I, I've never cared about the why, but it's interesting to me. I just think that perhaps in the movie format, or in my case also the book format, isn't the right way of doing it. But someone like a comic book, I actually like that. Or if the only one that I will give credit to is Rogue One. Rogue One did, a, did something that I was not expecting, and that was to answer a bunch of gap questions that I didn't even know needed to be asked, but clearly did. And I loved what it did with that. It's the only, if you will, prequel I've ever watched that I've appreciated in that regards. Like, I, I just, like why was the shaft so easy to blow up this technological terror? Well, because... Uh, if anyone hasn't seen it, I'm sorry, but because it was designed that way, because the lead designer did not want to create this, and he so he purposely placed a flaw. So, I mean, stuff like that, I appreciated that, and that was done well in Rogue One, but for the most part, I, I, exposition. 
this comes from the I was the exposition character in Basic Adventuring 101. Like that was my role. My role was to explain the world. I, so I mean, I understand that exposition is needed, but one of the number one things that has been taught to me through all of my story is is show don't tell. You know, show people the story, don't tell them the story. It, they'll they'll enjoy it more. All right. Are you ready for some rapid fire? There's no such thing as rapid fire with Blair. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So per usual, I'm doing rapid fire a little bit differently. So throughout the podcast interview, I actually come up with questions based on content and information I learn as we go. So here we go. <clears throat> if you could be a DOS command, what would it be? <laughs> That's a good one. CMD. What is your favorite? Movie? You're not even gonna ask me what that is, are you? <laughs> nope, because I already know it. It means command. Yeah, it brings up a DOS window, so it's just anyway. Continue on. I'm hey, I'm a bit nerdy too. Okay. Okay. Right. <laughs> uh, what is your favorite music medium? And by medium, I mean MP3, streaming, vinyl, mm. compact disc, audio cassette, eight track. I love the digital medium, so um. I'm going to say MP3. I, I, I appreciate the originators, the, the vinyls, the, the CDs, the 45s, and I've owned them all, but I just the digital medium for me is where I prefer. Excellent. All right. Uh, speaking of digital, Blu-ray or DVD? Blu-ray. Yeah, like, like there's any contest. <laughs> sure. All right. AMD or NVIDIA? You know, this is a tough one for me. Um, I do have a favorite, and I'll, and I'll explain it in my not-so-rapid-fire way. Uh, every time I get a video card, it's, they flip-flop. I go from AMD to NVIDIA, AMD to NVIDIA, but uh, NVIDIA is my preference. All things equal. AMD purchases are always made for financial reasons. No, I will totally agree with you there. Like, I currently have, you know, knock on wood, the, the card's been very nice to me uh, I, that I did through a vinyl record trade. It's a uh, Ghost FX uh, R7800. It allows me to play the latest Tomb Raider game, so it, it's up there. It's good. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, but I, I I really miss my NVIDIA card. The colors were just a little, little bit more vibrant. I mean, they, they say AMD cards are, are better for graphic design but I don't know NVIDIA just vibrant it's so much better and by AMD I'm an ATI I know they're purchased yeah. out by AMD but that that's that, I haven't owned an AMD labeled card every every uh, Radeon card I've had were ATIs good Canadian company or was once upon a time well I mean my CPU is AMD it's an AMD FX socket right. 3 plus yeah there you go all right Blue, green, or red link? Always green. Always green original. Green's my favorite color, too, so green, green, green. I'm going to let Tara want to answer this one because I, I could hear her in the background like, oh, I want to answer. <laughs> no, I always like the, the blue tunic because it meant that you could breathe underwater with the Zoras because I was always pro-Zora. The original game, it just gave you more health or the ability to take more health. Yeah, no, that's boring. No, we'll go with the underwater thing. <laughs> Oh, you millennials. I 
All right, now. You didn't even give me White Link as an option. I didn't know White Link was an option. Remember, I don't get to, I don't get to play Legend of Zelda the, the new ones because I don't have the system for it. <laughs> That's old school. There's a White Link. Old school. The only yeah. Link I've ever played was the Legend of Zelda, like the original NES and the Part mm -hmm. Two on the NES, which I don't like Part Two at all. Part Two is horrible. It is the worst Zelda game ever made. Yeah, Link to I the like that. Link Thank to you. the past. No. It's the second one. Gold cartridge. I remember it. I hated it so yeah. much. That's all I had to say. Is it Link to the Past? <laughs> I think it is. Anyway, I, I was a massive <laughs> Legend of Zelda fan, and when that second one came out, I finished it, but I was, because it's a side-scroller, it is so bad. So very bad. All right. Now, I know that you're a big fan of more so the cartoon Disney, but if there was one... Disney movie that was done in live action and you know it, it met all of your standards what Disney movie would it be well I'm going to say episode 8 I know you're not going to let me say that but um, from, from a cartoon adaptation I presume yes oh tough one um, I'm going to go with my favorite cartoon uh, Disney movie which is you know, people probably aren't going to see this one coming, but for me, it's the Aristocats. I think that could be done because it was so musical and you could just kind of have a throwback, jazzy, 70s kind of vibe to it. And I think that could work because it's just going to be a lot of fun music. Now, do you think that that would put Broadway's Cats out of business for a couple of weeks when it would initially release? No, those are apples and oranges, in my opinion. I mean, the mm. magical Mr. Mistopheles does not hold a candle. Mistopheles. Mistopheles. <laughs> Sorry. What did you say? I said The magical mystical. <laughs> it's been a long time. Oh, um, yeah. Grammar lessons coming from the vaginal yes. fantasy user. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Joey. But uh, nothing, nothing, you know, everybody wants to be a cat is top cat song ever written. So. Yeah. Jazz for the win. Mm hmm. Awesome. All right. I got two more for you. Shoot. What is a con other than San Diego Comic Con, which you've now been to? What is yes. the one other convention that you would love to go to? Like the like it would literally be like San Diego point two. The, I I have an answer. There's one that's a very close second to it, but it would be Dragon Con. Dragon Con, I'm sure you guys know, but it's based out of Atlanta, and it's more for adults than it is for children, if you want to think of it that way. Not that San Diego Comic Con isn't, but Dragon Con, I think, focuses more on that adult geek. And I have friends that go all the time. I am so wanting to get down there. That is the next on the list, is, is that. Star Wars Celebration would be a, you know, a, a very close second, but Dragon Con is the next one I want to get to. I won't lie, Dragon Con, I'd love to go to, but I want to go to a, Bl a BlizzCon so freaking bad. The big issue with Dragon Con, though, is that it's the same weekend as the big convention in, in Toronto, which is also a long weekend up here. So it's it, it, it it's tough for me. Like I've done the Toronto one enough that I could miss the Toronto one, but it's also a long weekend, and it's the last long weekend of the summer, and... Uh, anyway, it's still the one I want to get Now, to. the one that you're, the one in Canada that you're referencing, is that the Fan Expo one? It's Fan Expo, yeah. Um, the thing about Fan Expo is they do, they, last year they did a very good job, i got to give them credit where it's due, but the two years before that, 
Um, they really didn't, and they bring people in. The, the big issue I have with Fan Expo is there's Fan Expo, there's Dragon Con, and then there's one of the PAXs, and they're all on the same weekend, which is dumb. So all the people that, uh, and they're huge, all three conventions are huge. All the celebrities, are, you know, they, they do one day in one, one day in the other, and sometimes they skip the third, or, you know, sometimes they do one, and they're like, I don't want to leave, and then they don't come up to Canada because we're the pain in the ass to get to, so... There's been on more, more than one occasion where people just went to Dragon Con and just canceled and said, no, I'm not coming to Canada. And that sucks. You know, I mean, uh, I, I'm not a big celebrity guy, but I just don't like the fact that this big um, thing that's been advertised is being taken away and there's nothing the convention could really do about it. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I want those three cons to be on different weekends, but it's a long weekend. I get people liking it. But Dragon Con does it right because they use that holiday Monday. Whereas Fan Expo, for some unknown reason, does not. Um, and, and the biggest issue with Fan Expo is the congestion. We have a big convention center here, and there's always 100,000 people that go through this convention. And they don't do anything outside. Like, we have a lot of facilities in the area where you can do stuff outside. San Diego is, is the people that do this best, is that there's, there's things all over the... That, that area like it's it's not that they're far away from each other is that they're all in that same area you can do things out of that one space or out you know out, outside of that one space and fan expo does not do that and if they did they'd be much better off as i've told them on various occasions when they send me my feedback forms every year <laughs> <laughs> all right and last and certainly not least of all how friggin' awesome is Toronto Gal? In my whole life, I've only really loved one person I've never met. <laughs> I mean, no, I'm, I'm just joking. Um, no, Allison is just, she's the epitome of the human. Like, if somebody ever wants to know what is a human, and yes, I can point to so many people in our community and go, that's a human, that's a human, that's a human. Allison is what we all should strive to be. This is a woman who just does so much for this community, asking nothing in return. And when people give her praise, she's the very, she deflects it immediately, points the, the spotlight on other people. Um, and, and you know, she, she literally wants nothing from this other than to bring joy to other people. And just to me, that's, that's an incredible human, let alone a human. Um, and, and, the thing that's always kind of got me on edge is Allison lives in the same city as I do. So there's a possibility I've seen Allison in my day-to-day -day life. Um, but I will probably never have the opportunity of, 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 you know, shaking her hand and just thanking her for being so amazing. But I have told her on various occasions how, how, um, how much I appreciate her as a, as a person. And, and if she ever wishes to say hello, all she has to do is send me a message and I'll be there because I, I really think that Allison is just an incredible person. Excuse me, look at my tissue. Yeah. Okay, well, there we have it. Our one-year anniversary, hopefully the first year of many anniversaries. And I'm so excited. Mm. It took us forever to get Blair to be our guest, but I can't think of a better time to have done it. So thank you so much oh, for finally you. being in the hot seat, Blair. <laughs> Hope it wasn't too scary. Yeah, I'm, 
No, it, it wasn't scary at all. I mean, this is a conversation with two old friends. I'm just, um, I, I've always felt that I talk too much on the podcast and, and I didn't really have much to offer and, and I'm kind of burnt out from my vacation. So I'm not, my energy level isn't as high as it normally is, but, uh, I do appreciate that, you know, the time that you guys sat down to, to talk with me. I, I, I don't know why I kept saying that I would, I would be a bad guest, but uh, I do appreciate you wanting to do this so much. Of course. It's about time that we get to interview you. So thank you so much. Um, anything you want to say, Joey? Any last words for our one-year anniversary? Less than three. Less than three. Awesome. Well, um, I'm so used to Blair saying the last words, but because now you're just a guest, you're not the host today, mm -hmm. you have to say goodbye first. Sure. So say goodbye. Goodbye. Good. Goodbye, guys. And now I say goodbye, everyone. See you next time. And now Joey says, Pick a bee, pick a two. You can find Blair on Twitter at Blair Beverage, Webisode Watch, and Hoopod. His Twitch channel is twitch.tv slash Blair Beverage, where he streams Friday evenings at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can also find him on YouTube. Just search his name. That's him. Finally, you can catch him playing the Goblin Shaman in the web series Basic Adventuring 101, which can be found on basicadventuring101.com. You can find Joey on Twitter at joeycouture underscore, because someone already stole it, on YouTube as Joey Couture, and you can also find him on Etsy, Joey Couture Geek Chic. You can find Tyrolyn at TizThunder on Twitter, Tyrolyn Puxty on YouTube, Tyrolyn Puxty on Facebook, and I'm pretty much floating around everywhere. T-Y-R-O-L-I-N-P-U-X-T-Y. Thanks for listening, guys. See you next time.